the APAC podcast. As always, I'm LJ. Pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm your historian for this year. I'm Lauren, your president. Pronouns she, her. And I'm Sarah. Pronouns she, her, hers. And I'm the vice president. So following our Adopting Month GA meeting, we have begun talking about our identities. Many of us hold the identity of both Asian American and American. Now with the ability to explore our identities independent from our backgrounds, we may feel the feeling of not living up to our chosen identities. This is where the concept of being an in-betweener comes up. Before we go any further, we at APEC are not professionals in this topic. We're just a collective group of individuals giving out thoughts and research regarding this topic. So this is what I propose. What is the idea of in-betweeners? There is a short film by Wong Productions titled In Between. In this short film, the story follows the main character, Leo, an Asian-American who starts college in Southern California, coming from a predominantly white background. While trying to find community in his Asian-American friends using Asian stereotypes, he learned from his home community, he feels like the odd one out in between his new community of friends and his background. At the end of the short, he accepts his situation of being in a non-diverse uh, suburb in Ohio and his new Asian-American friend group. So this is when I'm going to get everyone like in this conversation. Um, what is gatekeeping? So gatekeeping, right, according to Oxford languages, is the process of limiting access to something. This is going to go into cultural gatekeeping. Cultural gatekeeping is taking the idea of culture, first off, as being beliefs, values, norms, and customs of a group. And cultural gatekeeping is when you take those norms and you say if someone breaks those norms of the culture then they would be like less part of that group or less part of that culture. We've noticed that like through our own research if you were to just look up the word gatekeeping you could come across like the first definition was just like process of limiting access to something or like filtering the information that's being publicized. But if you dig a little deeper, you can find the cultural gatekeeping that we're referencing in this podcast. And we, we want to discuss gatekeeping because it kind of flows into the in-betweener short film when Leo was trying to fit into the community that he thought he belonged to. He thought that he was going to fit in immediately with the Asian American culture that was already established at that college. But in the short film, he finds it's very hard. He can't understand some of the references or some of the things that they're pointing out to him that make him mm, different. Did you watch subbed or dubbed? Uh, what's subbed? What's subbed? Man, get out of here, Goku. Get out of here! Let's go! Um, so that's something we just want to explore more. Anything? Anyone else have anything to add on gatekeeping? Okay, Lauren? <laughs> so, with this idea of gatekeeping being there are norms in our culture and breaking those norms could somehow make you less of our group, what are aspects or examples of Asian American culture? that you both could think of. There's an example from the short film where the main character, Leo, meets these two boys and the boys ask him whether he watches his anime subbed or dubbed. And the main character, Leo, doesn't know what this means and the boys laugh at him. And Leo gets the sense that this makes him not fit in with this group 
with this culture of Asian Americans. Are there other examples that you've seen in the short film or just experienced in your lives? Um, I guess one that like I could bring up is whenever like we eat out with friends, whenever like I take like someone who's not of like the Asian American community like to eat and they see me surprised like when I'm eating like noodles without chopsticks, like they ask and question that. That, that is gatekeeping to a sense because it doesn't like just because I'm Asian American doesn't mean that I have to use chopsticks when I'm eating, you know. Mm-hmm. Or even within the Asian community, if somebody who was Asian saw you not using chopsticks and they were like, oh, why aren't you using them? Or, oh, you should be able to. That is another element of gatekeeping. And I feel like the pattern here is just putting everyone in a box and saying that if you leave this box, you are not what we think you are, or what you should be. And Lauren points out that like, everyone has a different experience. LJ had a different experience than I did and Lauren did. So really who's to say who is the correct or who has the appropriate culture? Yeah, and adding on to that, one aspect of culture that I notice is, one aspect of Asian American culture I notice is expected of many Asian Americans is being able to speak a language particularly of your parents, it's referred to sometimes, or your native country, it's said sometimes. But we all recognize that not everyone has parents who speak another language besides English. Not all Asian Americans have Asian American parents. Um, And for various reasons, Asian Americans who do have Asian American parents, like, don't speak another language like I am Filipino American but I don't speak Tagalog and I do feel sometimes that it is sort of expected to me of me to speak Tagalog and then it makes me question whether I am Asian American enough or Filipino enough I feel like that's the effect it's had on my identity I can totally relate yeah it's hard I'll be honest it's really hard to try to navigate the two cultures that you're given. And I would even go to say that a lot of it is due to the predominantly white culture trying to push everyone into a box so it's easier for them. So it's it's just easier for everyone to categorize everyone and make it all nice and neat and tidy up with a little bow on top. But that's not how this works. That's not how culture is. It's messy. It's a hard experience, but it's our experience. And I think that's what makes it really cool because we can all have our own. Tying back to the film, because that's what we're trying to talk about mostly with this, is that Leo's experience was hard and he felt kind of confused about his feelings and he didn't know what to do. But we've kind of concluded that that is because of gatekeeping. And now we kind of want to move to like, what can we help? How can we help this confused or um, uncomfortable feelings of being in between because of it? So does anyone have any ideas on how to alleviate it? I feel like alleviating the feelings of being in between can be done through like self-acceptance, not subscribing to what other people tell you what to be like, but just like, you know, being how you are naturally, like picking and choosing what you want from like 
the different identities that you possess. So there's this article by Helpline that said that questioning your sense of self may be stressful, but can actually be a good thing in the long term because um, knowing who you are better um, and adapting to changes can help you grow as a person. And definitely this makes a lot of sense because if you are between like two different um, cultures, like imagine like if you have like an Asian American like upbringing with stricter parents, but then you grew up like over here in America where it's kind of like more lenient, like you can pick and choose like the strong values that your parents instill in you and also like explore and question stuff like that when it comes to living over here as a Asian American. Pretty good. Um, did anyone else have anything else to add for alleviating feeling of in between? I was going to say, I think that like we've been mentioning, everyone's experience is different. And while you may receive messages about what your experience, what you could interpret as like what your experience should be, your experience shouldn't be anything other than like what it is. And you don't have to, don't know where I was going with that. Don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I guess like, like, I can continue it. Like you don't have to live your life looking at someone else. Because you are living your own life, you know. Whatever you feel like you should do is what you should do. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't live for other people, which is a pretty good thing to think about. Live for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned this before we started filming, but another way that we can alleviate like the in-between feelings of confusion or uncomfort is to stop gatekeeping people and saying phrases that might be harmful to somebody, such as oh, you don't like boba, then you're not a real Asian. Like, liking boba and not liking boba is such an insignificant thing to where why would you even point that out and tie it to being Asian? Like, sure, the drink is very popular in Asian countries, but that doesn't mean that if you don't like it, you're not Asian. I'm sure there's a lot of people in Asia who don't like boba and they're still considered Asian. So, I don't know. I would just... Be cautious about things that you say when you're trying to categorize people in their own cultures. Yeah, judging someone by like category is so surface level. Once you get to know someone like off of like, you know, their beliefs and like their their motives in life, that's like way different than just like saying, oh, you're not Asian enough because, you know, this and that. And the idea of being like Asian enough is so, so harmful. In the end, you know, it's like there's no checklist of like all these traits that I need to hit. And if I hit a certain number, then I'm Asian enough. Or like if I don't get enough, then I'm not Asian. Like those things don't detract from your identity, you know? And only like you can define that. And like LJ said earlier, it's all about accepting yourself. And even if people do say those things to you, which is honestly very rude and harmful, I'm so sorry. Um, still like being very self-assured, I guess. And like, you know, I don't like boba, but <laughs> I'm I'm still Asian American, you know. <laughs> Yeah, who are, like, these people who tell you you're not Asian enough to, like, say that you're not Asian? Like, you're not the authority of Asian Americans and stuff. Like, in all honesty, I feel like the person who is who has authority over that is you yourself. 
Mm. Wow, LJ. Wow. (laughs) Once you not worry about that and accept yourself for who you are, you can blossom and grow into whatever you want to be. And that's just the message we're trying to put out for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the question you asked of like, who are these people to say that you're not Asian enough? It's so wild to think that those are the things we hear within our own community. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that these are also the norms that we're socialized into to believe that it's okay to say you need these traits in order to be Asian. Mm -hmm. Um, When reality, like, you kind of live and you learn that that's not the case. Like, everyone's experiences are different. To go off of that, um, I remember in middle school, I brought fried rice to lunch because I wanted something good to eat. And this person came up to me and was like, oh, that's so like you to have like fried rice. Like that's so Asian of you. And I think that's kind of where it stems from. Because then if I saw somebody who was Asian not eating fried rice, I'm like, hmm, like, what? I thought all Asians ate fried rice. Like, that was what I was thinking. I was not educated. I was not secure with my own identity enough to be like, they can eat whatever they want. Like, it's not, it's not, I shouldn't be able to dictate what they eat. So I think it's just like the people around you that influence you a lot to, I don't know, make you say things that you probably wouldn't unless you heard it yourself and you felt angry about it. Does that make sense? I don't know. So... You described your experience of before, perhaps didn't feel secure enough in your identity to say, actually, that's just who I am. No need to make that comment. What do you think has helped you? And LJ too, like you mentioned, it was a struggle finding your identity before. What helped you personally to where to be where you are now and say, be able to have that um ability to stand up for yourself if you do hear those things now to respond in a different way that feels more true to how you feel that's a great question um honestly I think it was coming to college and being immersed in a lot of people that like looked like me or had a similar culture than like like me and realizing that even within my own culture there are so many things that are different like there's so many diversities even within my own culture that I was seeing. And I'm like, okay, if they can do this and they can be this and they can be different than me, then it's okay if I'm different. Cause we're all different in our own way. Um, I think we even talked, like we keep coming back to the whole, everyone is different and just realizing how that's how true that is makes me feel less ostracized by people because I'm like, Oh, well you're different too. Like it's fine. Going back to like, yeah, um, identity struggles and stuff. Um, whenever it came to like people who would gatekeep me, like I would put out like my boundaries and say like, hey, like that's something that I do. Like it's not inherently an Asian thing, but like it's just part of like our culture. So don't you don't have to like say that because like you know that's just part of who I am. Not you know separate from like my culture. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um. I also said that, (laughs) I don't know how this ties into what we were talking about, but the solidarity, 
oh, that solidarity aspect of like coming together and we are all in the same kind of boat. Like we all have similar feelings of feeling um, different than people. And so when gatekeeping does happen, it's making solidarity weaker. It's not allowing it to happen. It's not allowing everyone to stick together and just roll with what we've got. It's sort of tearing us apart, which is another reason why I strongly believe that people should stop, stop telling people what to do. Even though that's really ironic because I'm telling people what to do, but yeah. In a different way. <laughs> it's, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like what you're saying about solidarity this is kind of like an oxymoron but earlier you were mentioning you feel less alone because you see how everyone is living their own individual life and the acceptance mm -hmm. of like how we're all different and unique but then we're finding solidarity in the fact yeah. that like, everyone's being more individual I know but, like, that is like part of evolution I think which is great it's yeah it's very much so paradoxical in the whole entire thing um maybe some of our viewers can <laughs> comment on their own beliefs and their own uh ways that they think about gatekeeping and solidarity and salt why can't I say that word solidarity and you know how they bridge them together because I feel like especially in this time with coronavirus happening and like our current situation like black lives matter we need to be in solidarity with everybody is that the right word is that the right verb that's the right word yeah okay like i i feel like it's really important right now to just be all together and like i don't know yeah having these important conversations to become more aware of like what we want our identities to be or like more secure in what they already are what were you gonna say lj oh um this is kind of going back to what sarah was saying about like surrounding yourselves with like asian americans like to kind of explore that side of your identity this is kind of telling you what to do but um my my two senses when you hang out with people like that try not to like hang out hang out with them for the fact that they're solely like Asian American mm. because there's more to people than just like their culture like I kind of was seeking that like early on and then then you try and like mold yourself to like their identity so you shouldn't do that because you have your own identity you know so so I just wanted to add on yeah I agree with that like as much as we as Asian Americans don't want to be tokenized like, don't go and tokenize other Asian Americans by, like, seeking them out as friends just to use them to discover your identity. But I agree with both of you that being friends with other Asian Americans has helped me understand my identity a bit more. I think one main factor could be some, like, common struggles mm. that we face sometimes, I found with other Asian Americans, one that comes to mind is like particularly about looks, um, how appearances can kind of also be gatekeep, gatekept sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finding similarities with other people too and those commonalities helps me discover my identity more, especially when those other people don't gatekeep me. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, LJ, this is full circle because I think even in the short film, the girl that was helping him was even mentioning like, you just wanted Asian friends. Like you just wanted to fit in with the community you thought you were going to fit into. Um, I feel like in on some level, I just wanted to not be judged. That's what I wanted. I felt like if I went into an Asian community, we were all Asian, so they couldn't judge me. There's no way. We're, we're alike. We're similar. But what happens is, like, you find out you're, like, you are, but you're not. <laughs> Again, it's the paradox. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> more, like, when you enter, like, first enter, like, Asian American, like, community or, like, you know, friend group, they might judge you even more for some mm. reason. That's, like, really prevalent in, like, Asian communities, like, something in the culture. But we should unlearn that and try and do what we're trying to put out, you know. Nice. I agree. Um, LJ, did you want to tell us about some of those places where we can do some unlearning? With unlearning, um, at ISU, we are able to explore our inner identities, the identities of other individuals. So with groups such as DAO, so Diversity Advocacy, and the Multicultural Center. Um, they provide a space to explore identities and there are similar organizations that exist on other campuses. So I guess to, like close it out, like, that's just something that makes us special. So definitely. So with that, um, that's another episode of the APAC podcast. Um, as always, I've been LJ. I'm your historian. I'm Lauren, your president. And I'm Sarah, your vice president. So follow us on the socials. Um, we are on Instagram, APAC Ilstu. Um, group me. You can like DM us and then we'll send you like the group me QR code. Um, we're on Facebook, um, APAC Ilstu for the Snapchat. Um, and yeah, um, I hope y'all have a good journey finding your guys' identities or y'all's identities. Mm-hmm.